0: Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 346 Pinky Promises. Chillions, and welcome back to the Big Chill Podcast. I'm Frank, joined as always with Sam and Eddie. How you guys doing? Enjoy the the afternoon NFL slate of last-minute wins and losses. Eddie, probably not so much.
1: (laughs) No, I think pretty much all of them went against me. So I, I genuinely think every single one of them. I think it would be difficult for me to imagine a scenario where, I mean... To say decided on the final play in the case of the Niners, no, because best case scenario there was probably overtime, unless they were going to do what the Ravens did. But to be in with a chance in kind of every game, you know, I think every NFL game is fundamentally decided on three or four plays most of the time, but these were very much decided on three or four plays right at the end, and and not a single one of them went my way.
0: Well, I guess we can start then, though. What is the uh overall feeling over there in Niners nation is this is are we in give up mode are we in it's we're done let's think about next year already or still a no chance? I
1: don't I mean st- I think they'll still make the playoffs just because their schedule is pretty easy so I think they'll still make the playoffs and they're helped obviously by other teams in the NFC who are kind of on the playoff bubble like the Vikings also losing so I think they'll make the playoffs give up in the sense of, do I think the Niners could beat the Cardinals in a playoff game or the Packers in a playoff game? Probably not. Like unless they produce their very best performance of the season and those teams were subpar on the day, which, you know, can happen. But I think that yes, they'll make the playoffs. They'll probably, I mean, as the standings currently are, right. They would play the Packers in the first round. That's a, A loss I can't imagine this team going into Lambeau and and winning but I mean they were missing players who can make a really big difference in that game so come playoff time if they are fully healthy then you know like missing Debo Samuel is a huge huge miss for them because fundamentally their best wide receiver and their best running back so (laughs) you're losing two major weapons in one player but I mean it's just the Jimmy Garoppolo experience is as I messaged you during it's so frustrating he makes a few good throws, but then he makes so many dumb throws. There's frustrating turnovers. There's poor decision-making. Every time you feel like he'll put one really good drive together, and then you'll feel like there's a little bit of momentum coming, and then he'll follow it up with just a disastrous next drive. And, yeah, I mean, that's the – and he got – you know, his stats got padded by, like, Kittle making a play that you're not normally going to get. So he gets a huge touchdown – reception that kind of pads his stats in terms of yardage and things but I was also I have to say disappointed given the goal line situation at the very end of the game how you don't bring bring Trey Lance in for at least one play just to mix that up and say maybe we run maybe we roll the quarterback out maybe we kind of have a designed run play with our quarterback here I think that's sort of surprising given the circumstances that they were in at the end there
0: yeah, the the takeaway I had from that game is Kittle is, I think, the best tight end in the NFL. I, it's crazy to me going into that game. You know, you, you do the Bill Belichick mentality. Who's the one player on this team that can beat us? And with Debo Samuel out and Garoppolo being an average QB and their run game being OK at best right now, you, you have to say, like, it's George Kittle. You know, we stop Kittle. We're going to stop them. And he just continued to make play after play. What do he have, like 150 yards receiving? I mean, oh, no. it was, it was over, crazy. over, I think. I think he was close to was 200 it? yards
1: receiving, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was crazy. It's it, You just can't stop him. He's just so effective. It's it's impressive. Yeah, and I will also say one
1: thing, and not to holding calls are can be really subjective and ticky-tacky. I will say on that third down, on third and goal, how that wasn't a holding call at the back of the end zone, when the Seahawks DB just was all over the Niners player that I don't give it in a game where again, it's about consistency in those calls, right in a game where they had been calling hold holding calls throughout. I'm fine with the let them play mentality, but you don't just let them play in the final 30 seconds of a game. You set the precedent early on and you stick to that and to kind of be calling ticky tacky holding calls for, you know, almost the entire game, and then wait until the final three plays to say, no, we don't want to step in and be the thing that decides the game. Because, you know, to people arguing, oh, officials shouldn't decide the game, not throwing a flag is also deciding the game. Like, it's it's not just by awarding a penalty that you decide the game. You also decide the game by not giving the penalty. Like, by allowing someone to commit an offense and get away with it, you as an official are also deciding the game. People always think of it as some like binary, oh, as long as the officials don't react, then they have had no influence. But if you don't throw the flag, if you don't give the foul in any sport, you are also influencing the outcome to just the same degree. So
2: Niners still make the playoffs according to you. So next three games, they've got the Bengals, the Falcons, the Titans, like it's not It's not the easiest three, but has the performance against the Seahawks changed any perception of, is it like a bit, obviously it's more rocky because of the loss, but you you know, they're on such a good streak at that point and they were looking really good. Like is Jimmy G's kind of simple, but often mistakes, you know, the two interceptions, like, does that make it more of a problem against a team like the Bengals? Like, yeah. Okay. They should have been against the Chargers, but they're still a top 10 scoring offense. Right.
1: Who knows with the Bengals? I mean, who knows? which version of the Bengals, the Bengals could beat the Niners by 40 points. The Bengals could lose to the Niners by 40 points. I don't know what's going to happen. I would say the Bengals, I would say the Bengals are a better team than the Niners, but I wouldn't say I'm definitely not going into that game thinking There's no way the Niners win. And so Bengals, I don't know Falcons be really disappointed. The Niners can't beat the Falcons and the Titans in their current format. I would be very disappointed if the Niners can also beat them. So You know, I don't know. I think it's this season is so unpredictable that the teams, whenever they have a bye, they kind of automatically go up in your estimation because just by not having a bad performance that weekend, they become a better team. Like the Titans benefited. But 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 I feel like a lot of the teams.
0: But I feel like a lot of the teams that we've said that for, they lose after their bye week. I feel like there's been more times than not this year we've said like they're coming off a bye, they're going to be fresh, and then they end up losing. It's happened a lot this year. I th- I
2: think it just means no, the fact that they're not playing
0: implied <laughs> that they, they
2: literally no, I know, yeah. I know, yeah, from <laughs> they get a buy from like public opinion. like the Titans.
1: Yeah. The Titans are suddenly in my mind a little bit better than they were yeah. last week, just because I didn't watch the Titans put in an yeah. awful performance. Yeah. And, you know, the the Packers did nothing, obviously, but then in the Packers in my mind, who are definitely a good team, but I kind of have seen a number of the other teams towards the top put in mediocre to bad performances and to the titans kind of climb that power rankings ladder by having done nothing and i think that's just this the league is so unpredictable that the be- the best way to improve the public's image of you is to just not play
2: <laughs> it's 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 also that weird reality right with the, so going back to the 49ers game with the seahawks right seahawks are now four and eight they've got a couple of divisional games in there which have been i mean look at afc north right it's been crazy unpredictable the way divisional games go like, you've got a 4-8 team, if they beat the easy games that they've got and then manage to do anything against the Cardinals or the Rams, they're in with an outside shot, right? Because the two people in the last spots are 6-6, six and six, uh, Washington and the 49ers. They've got,
1: they, uh, they've got the no Seahawks? chance. The Seahawks? I mean, they are so bad. I didn't oh, see they're it. done. Yeah, they've got they're no done. chance. Yeah,
2: but then they go and do this, I mean, I, right? Which is infuriating for the 49ers. Yeah, okay, but... but-
1: But but also, it's one of those, and not to throw it out, you know, they had, what, a 76-yard fake punt to start the game off. And and those are whenever, I'm always worried whenever a team has a big special teams play or something, that automatically feels as if, uh uh-oh, it's going to be their day. Like, they're shifting momentum. Things are working for them. You just get that instantly. To me, that was such a bad sign for how the game was going to go. And when you factor in, you know, the Niners missed an extra point, they get a, a dumb safety that Jimmy G just shouldn't be allowing to happen. You get the fake punt, you know, they're going kind to, of, that's a 10 point swing on plays that they're not going to be able to rely on on a weekly basis. And, and that's not, they were significantly better yesterday than they have been in recent weeks, but they have been awful. And they also they just own the Niners. I mean, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson own the Niners. They've won sixteen of the last twenty matchups against the Niners. That's unbelievable in a period where the Niners have, in a number of those seasons, been pretty good. I mean, we're talking about incorporating a playoff, a Super Bowl run in that in that window, and the Niners basically just can't beat them. But do we get onto the? I guess the really big talking point of the, ga- of the day, which was the Ravens' decision having tied the game on virtually the last play of the game or put themselves in a position to tie the game. Right? They were down by one, deciding to go for two yeah. to win it fundamentally, right? Because there was, what, like 12 seconds left. So basically you're winning the game on that play. I know the statistics. I know they say go for it. I know they say that's a better decision. I'm of the opinion it was the wrong decision, and that's not outcome-based, but I think it was the wrong decision. But I'd be interested to know. I know you've got all the stats, Frank, but I'd be interested to know what you two think.
2: think. I think considering the AFC North at the moment and considering they knew that the Bengals had lost, I just think that that is such a close division right now uh that any one of those teams can now even you know with hindsight the Steelers win. Anyone can top that division right now. And I think the Ravens, in my opinion, should have played it completely safe. They didn't need to go for it. The Bengals had lost, you know, they win a divisional game against the Steelers. They put more ground between them. You know, the Browns look a bit done. I, I think that was an opportunity to beat them in overtime. And I, I actually think in a close division where you know you can either win it or go out very quickly. I think safer heads would have prevailed in that one. So I agree with you.
1: I mean, I know, Frank, you're going to probably explain the statistical, all the percentages behind it. Before you do that, I think, you've A, you've got Justin Tucker. So you're going to say the risk of missing the extra point is slim to none. So you're pretty much guaranteeing overtime. And then I think statistics are great, but you have to put – Actually, before I give my opinion on the statistics, Frank, what did the what did the odds say?
0: I I couldn't find I had read it this morning, but I can't re-find it. But the odds are definitely in favor of going for it for two. But I agree with you that you can't just go sometimes based off statistics. But what I the reason I think it was the right call is you have to look at how that game was progressing. The Steelers weren't doing anything on offense in the first half. And then there was some more key injuries to the Ravens. I think they lost another one of their starting corners uh, in the second half. And the Steelers had gotten hot. So the last three times the Steelers touched the ball, four plays, 80 yards, touchdown, 10 plays, 50 yards, field goal, 11 plays, 69 yards, touchdown. Those are the last three times the Steelers touched the ball. That's o- almost you know all of their points minus the field goal they had in the, in the first half. So they were definitely catching on fire. And I think – the, the way that Harbaugh is kind of reasoning it here is our team is depleted by injuries. They're obviously hot right now. If they get the ball, there's a good chance that they just run down the field on our defense and score. I have two yards with the most dynamic QB is there in the NFL. I think we can get this.
1: Okay, so so okay, let me respond to that. I don't know. I mean you're saying they're hot right now. This is a Steelers no. I mean in the game
0: that, in in this game okay, at that time point, together you know, three sure. drives of over fifty yards right in the rough. Sure,
1: great, but uh, if if you want to play the statistics, you also have to play the statistics on your opposition, which would be statistically over the course of the season, which is a pretty decent sample size with the Steelers team, regardless of who they're playing, have not consistently been able to drive put together four scoring drives and four 50-plus yard drives. So if you want to play the statistics, you'd almost say, well, statistically, they're due to have a three and out or a turnover. I mean, Roethlisberger hadn't thrown an interception. He throws an interception every game. Statistically, that would have been a, a likely outcome then. I think you look at their overall context of the game, which is okay. Towards the end, they were moving the ball, but fundamentally, the Steelers weren't moving the ball easily over the course of the entire game. So I think even if you lose the the – I almost think if you're the Ravens, I think you want to lose – I would almost kick the ball off to the Steelers, even if you win That's the the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because if I were the (laughs) Ravens – Well,
2: giving the ball to a 39-year-old. Why? I'd feel like – Look, the Steelers' defense was better. It was the defense that did it, right? Jackson was sacked, what, seven times? they really prevented Jackson playing his game. So, you, yeah, yeah, I know, but he what I mean is like you would rather the offense and then have the chance after they've had the ball. It's it's kind of a, a agreeing with you, ultimately.
1: Well, I just think you assess, like, do I want to kick the ball off to the Chiefs ever in overtime? Absolutely not. Or the Packers? No. But sometimes I think teams assume, oh, we get the ball first and then we get to go down the the, the field and score a touchdown. And it's like, well, how likely are you? to go 80 yards the more likely outcome is you either punt which means that they are in a situation where they can kick a field goal to win and they might have pretty decent field position or you're in a situation where you've kicked a field goal and now all they need to do is kick a field goal to extend the game or a touchdown to win it and you've also put them in a situation where they are constantly in four dry four down situations on all of their in in, until they're in field goal range and i think there is i think it's often overlooked i know the statistics will say getting the ball first better chance of winning but i think sometimes i would be very tempted to kick the ball off to the other team back your defense and say we're either going to hold them to a field goal in which case we're in four four down territory the whole way down the field pretty much and we have justin tucker who. Is pretty much automatic from inside 60 yards. So, I mean, you get the ball as the Ravens only needing three points. You probably only need 30 yards. It's a pretty good situation. You know between. what else is a
0: pretty good situation? And, Just needing two uh, yards to uh, win a game. I mean, yeah. Turns out, turns well, out no. <laughs> turns out,
1: I mean, and here, here's the thing is they called a pretty good play. The play design was really good. A slightly better throw or a, You know, he had a chance at catching it. It wasn't easy, but a slightly better catch and they score. But I'll also counter it. You're saying, oh, you've got one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the game. So then use him as a dynamic quarterback. Oh, we've got the most dynamic quarterback in the game from two yards out. So we're going to just have him stay in the pocket and try and, okay, the threat of the run changes how their defense plays, but we're fundamentally going to use him as a traditional quarterback in that moment. If they had decided to roll, uh, Lamar Jackson out and do something with his feet, then I would have said, fine, well, I think you're using your biggest weapon. And
0: I, I agree with you, but I, I think it was kind of an RPO where he had the option to hand it off, run it, or pass it to Andrews based off of what was happening, and that that the. It's
1: Lamar Jackson. Every, everything's an art. Yeah, I know, but so, so I I think that's such a get out of that's such a but that's such a get out of jail. But freak he
0: clearly had the option of running. But the the ball. DN comes in at him.
1: He always has the option. The DN
0: <laughs> comes to him, so he has the open but, man I mean, to throw it to. I think that's the whole point. Like they did use his legs to their advantage because they had the they had the guy. But they didn't. They did because the guy who was supposed to cover didn't. Andrews I, I don't buy that. Went after was, Lamar Jackson. But it was also because he thought he but was. But it was gonna TJ run. Watt
2: that came off the edge to get him right. So i mean t j. Watt was kind of like the hero of the night in a Way for the Steelers, but it kind of showed that they didn't roll him off in that respect.
0: I'm not sure I understand that they're rolling off <laughs> 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 to, to, I don't mean, but to me to to me if you if you have a
1: player who the most dangerous thing on your offense is Lamar Jackson running with the ball, not a threat to run, not has the option of running. The most dangerous thing on your offense, have it a designed run, have it so that he gets outside the pocket and has the chance. better because what he's going to do, he's going to just run up the middle on a Steelers defense that have been sacking him all day. That's your RPO. Is that oh, if the if the if the edge rusher doesn't like doesn't bite, then he gets to try and just turn himself into a full
0: I think he would go probably go off tackle there probably yeah turns
1: himself into a fullback in a goal line situation I mean great another great use of this dynamic running option like to me get him out of the I, I don't you and I say this almost every time we see either Mahomes or whoever it is in goal line situations roll the quarterback out to the right he either has the option then of just keeping going towards the pylon or he hits a, a player running in front of him, five yards in front of him for an easy touchdown. It almost never fails. It almost never gets called.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the most disappointing part about this is now the Steelers are six and five. <laughs> and they should not be six and five. That when I saw them not get this two-point conversion, I wasn't mad that they went for two. I was just mad that the Steelers won another game that they probably should not have won. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're gonna. But using the Eddie logic, once they make the playoffs, it's an easy bet against them. I <laughs> think so.
1: But then I also worry that if they do get healthy, their defense is pretty good. So, I mean, it depends who they play in the playoffs. There are teams in.
0: <laughs> Wait, what, what needs to get healthy? Is B- Big Ben going to DH 15 their years? <laughs> their defense has shown itself over the course of this yeah, year. Yeah, but their offense is. I think their defense is okay. No, I think they're. But the, I, I don't trust Big bang I think ben their defense is good at all. To
1: verging on elite if everyone's healthy. So, I mean, in a playoff game, it's, it's, it's the same old, you know, it sounds cliche to say, but if you're suddenly in a playoff situation where the weather's not great, I'm happy having a really, really good defense and an experienced quarterback who's going to live off dump-offs and a good running game. I mean, Harris is an elite running back. So... I mean, I'm not going to say that I will be betting against them in the first round of the
0: playoffs if they make it. But, I mean, it
1: depends. I mean, they could play someone
0: really bad. I mean, that, that is an argument, I think, that perhaps Baltimore shouldn't have done that is because if they get the tie and not the loss, then they're two games ahead of them. Instead of a game yeah, that and was a half, my, that, that kind of puts the, the start, Steelers out of the picture.
2: You you can win this division and be bottom of this division very easily within one or two games. So knowing knowing that the Ravens should have played it safe, um and and tried it in overtime. And you look at the Steelers running right; they've got the Vikings, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Ravens. So they have got a more divisional opportunities, but b the rest of them don't look easy. So I don't think they're going to be there just based on that running, but you know what, the Steelers team seems to come up and beat the teams we don't expect them to and fail miserably against the teams we do. Like the Lions, they got pumped by the Bengals. But then, lo and behold, they go and beat the Ravens. So, I mean...
1: What, tell me why you don't think... So, the Vikings, who just lost to the Lions. I mean, that's going to be Thursday, this, that's Thursday night football this I mean, week. Vikings are an inconsistent I, I,
2: team as well, right? So they could turn up.
1: Right. But I think any either team could win that. I would. I'm. I. Th- I'd expect them to beat the Titans. So Chiefs. there's possibly two wins right there. Chiefs. I'm expecting them to lose. Browns. Browns who is knows? an interesting
2: one, right? Exactly. Who knows? And now, and then, obviously, last game is the Ravens again. Again, who knows?
1: So and maybe the Ravens have nothing to play for. So maybe you're playing against I know, everyone benched on the Ravens because they're just locked into their playoff position, and the Steelers have an easy win in Week 18.
2: Speaking of washington and the nfc east you've now got what is it you've got the cowboys what an eight and eight and five or eight and four i can't remember the buy that they had but yeah and then you've got washington on six and six and you've got the eagles on what five five and eight like is there a hypothetical reality that the nfc sends three teams to the playoffs
1: a, a hypothetical reality? I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> okay. Is, yes, there's, there's a hypothetical, hypothetical reality. Okay.
2: Is there a reality where the NFCE sends three teams to the playoffs?
1: <laughs> no, it's not happening. I mean, it's just not happening. And the,
0: No. I think there's a reality. I think mean, there's a higher, a higher reality, reality than, than, than zero. One. That
1: somehow <laughs> they just go get kicked out of the NFL. I think that would that's much more likely. But, <laughs> I mean, the, I, I don't... I know you're you're going to call it an extended washington purple patch at this point i don't know how how it's going to get classified washington are not good they are not good i mean their games are awful to watch having watched their entire game against the seahawks on monday night football i mean they've won consecutive games 17 15 the scorigami people must be losing their minds i don't know what the odds are on those being back to back that must be the first time in nfl history a team's (laughs) won back-to-back games 17 15 yeah
2: that is pretty crazy.
0: Now, now, I, I completely agree with you, but I'll play devil's advocate in the sense that last year, I think we said the exact same thing of how they were an awful team and they somehow still made it to the playoffs and gave the Bucks a run for their money in that playoff game. So, it, yeah, I, I I think they are a terrible team. I do not think they are anywhere near a competitive playoff team, but could they still sneak into the playoffs somehow with just these... Shitty well, wins that no one wants to watch moment. and see. Maybe, I mean, and you have to continue to hear about henneke Well, yeah, they're 60 but they're their, playing the Cowboys well, next, again, so chalk up, up their, a loss. And they've only got the they've got five in one, divisional in one games week.
2: to end their season. So they've got Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys,
0: Eagles, Giants. So, well, so they might win two out of those games.
2: Mm, they'll beat the Giants. Two is a realistic I think they'll number. They'll beat there. the Eagles once. They'll beat the Cowboys once. So I, I think they go three. I, mean, I
0: I'm... So- no, they're not going to beat the Cowboys. I would, be, I would be very shocked if they beat the Cowboys. And, and I don't think the Eagles are... The Eagles have a bye week coming up. I think the interesting thing is going to be once they come off of their bye week, they're obviously going to go back to Hertz. But how quickly is the Hertz leash? Or how short, I should say, is the Hertz leash? that if he starts to have a bad game, they go back to Minshew mania.
1: Can, can we address this Minshew mania? I've matter? never seen a more <laughs> average quarterback performance be treated as if he threw for 500 yards and five touchdowns. I don't... And then he did and nothing. He was 10 for 10. He, he was on else. fire.
0: Minshew mania. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> didn't need I mean, to. His team was so good. He didn't even need to. A,
1: against a really bad team. And B, he played well for, I guess, a quarter and then managed the game the rest of the way. Uh, I don't, I genuinely don't understand. I think, look, he is not a bad quarterback. He deserves to be a backup in the NFL. That's his standard. I think I would trust him. And I think there's teams out there where he is a very good fit. Like, I kind of don't know, for example, how the Browns, he seems like such a natural stand in for Baker Mayfield in terms of style of play and what they offer. And maybe that's just me being a little bit doing him an injustice because they're two undersized white quarterbacks. And maybe that's throwing them in together, even though they're kind of different things, but they've got big egos, big characters. And if I were the Browns, I would just think we have Minshew as a backup. And if Baker's missing, we wouldn't even be able to tell the difference. But Apart from the awful, f-
0: you're such a Minshew hater. I'm not though. I think saying 20 for 25, 240, two touchdowns, almost an 80 QBR. Guys, a, guys, a machine. Okay, give Eddie. me Ben. Guys, a machine. Give me Ben
1: Roethlisberger's stats against the Ravens.
0: 20 for 31, 232 touchdowns, QBR of 64. I mean, it's not a huge difference there. It's hey, really and not. Big Ben, he's a Hall of Famer there you go Minshew's choose a hall of famer if he manages to win the super bowl between now and the end of his career and
1: yeah sure but you see what i mean no one's raving about roethlisberger's performance i mean i think a lot of people have said that's a better version of roethlisberger than we've maybe seen so far this season but no one is raving about what he did against the ravens he did it against a much better team in much more difficult conditions and in a game where he couldn't afford to make any mistakes at any point down the stretch that was a much more impressive performance than anything Gardner mentioned, Minshew did, and yet we've got Minshew mania going on. I don't, I don't get it. We should have Russell Wilson mania happening again as
0: well. By that logic, yeah. just hate the quirkiness, Eddie. That's that's I think that's the issue. You're you're anti quirky. <laughs> can I
1: can I also one thing we didn't touch on? Can I just also give the Seahawks credit for having two of the worst? goal line turnovers i have ever seen the situations in which they managed one somehow managing to fall over and turn a touchdown into an interception was spectacular i wish that had been a meaningful moment in the game uh and then also giving the niners another i mean that's the the kind of storyline that kind of got lost in that game they could have just kicked the field goal and pretty much made it game over instead kept going for it and End up turning the ball over, right? You know, half a yard out.
0: You gotta gotta admire that ability
1: to keep a game interesting.
0: So, I guess any other takeaways from the NFL? The only other thing I thought was interesting was I watched the Chiefs last night and they won, but they still don't look good. You know, anyone who watched that game will definitely say that the Chiefs' issues are not solved. And a lot of it, I hate to say it, a lot of it is Mahomes. He's missing a lot of targets. Some were unfair. I mean, the one interception Tyree Kill should have caught. He also had a blatant drop about four plays before that. You know, that's not helping his situation. But Mahomes looked downright bad on some throws. There were some, even Collinsworth questioned. He has that quirky sidearm throw he likes to do. And he missed the throw on it and Collinsworth was like why is he even throwing that there's he doesn't there's no one in front of him he doesn't need to do this sidearm stuff it's just him maybe it's not him trying to be cocky or or showy but he, they got to get back to some of the fundamentals that make them good and just make normal plays not everything has to be a trick crazy play from a circus it's it's starting to cost them now and they they do not look good going like if they if playoffs were to start next week I would not be super confident in them.
1: I wouldn't be confident in them but at the same time every team has such major weaknesses that I honestly gun to my head I'm picking the Chiefs right now to win the Super Bowl. I just it's it's the Chiefs or the Packers for me right now as the two teams that I, I I I mean I think I'd have to make the Packers favorite because I do trust Aaron Rodgers but just the Packers have a history in recent seasons of making it to the playoffs, looking all right, and then throwing in a, hor- a horrific performance in the first, you know, in the first round or the second round of the playoffs. But I, 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 they don't look great, but they don't look any worse than almost any of the good teams out there to me.
2: Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I don't know. The season's crazy. The season's wacky. I don't even know who to look at anymore. But, um, I mean, they've turned a corner defensively, right? And I think that's probably the more important part. I think I saw a stat where uh, they've got 11 takeaways in the last six. And in the opening five games, they only got four. And, you know, they're clearly turning up more um, when they played Dallas. And they um, uh, um, Prescott was kind of heavily reduced, didn't even score a touchdown, which was like the first time, I can't remember the stat we said, first time in his career or something like that. Um, that he hasn't scored a touchdown in a game. So I, I think they've turned a the corner defensively, and in a crazy season like this, I'm starting to think that that matters more. Like, look at the Steelers' um, win as well. I'm starting to think that the defense kind of matters more at the moment compared to, like, the big scoring teams like the Bengals, who once every other week, they're going to lose pretty much.
0: So in other sports, what caught your eye this Oh, I think we have weekend. to talk about the NCAA football. I mean, that was a pretty good weekend. It, you know, it it really bothered me because before any of those games started, uh, I, was, I was on a hike and I had no... I always listen to podcasts when I hike, but I didn't have any podcasts. So I threw on my favorite serious ESPN radio app and was listening. And kind of the commentary was, there's always going to be upsets and craziness, you know, in the last week of the the NCAA just always happens. And I kept thinking to myself, I don't know if I see it this week. I really don't see it. And then, you know, you have Alabama just coming out and destroying Georgia. You had Oklahoma state just blowing it against Baylor uh, and could have potentially put themselves in the talk. So it, it didn't follow form, which is interesting, but the talking point there has to be, you know, Alabama and Georgia and, Georgia having this supposedly elite defense, whether that is justified or not.
1: <laughs> been, been labeled been yeah. labeled elite on the Big Chill Podcast. Elite.
0: Did not look elite.
1: Oh, no. No, it didn't look no. decent. I mean, they didn't look like they could get a stop to save their lives. Until the very – there was a moment where it started to feel like they were maybe shifting – and there was a little bit of a shift in momentum where they yeah. kind of started to lock Alabama down a bit and kind of get back into it. But then then at the same – as soon as their defense kind of clicked into gear, yep. their offense fell out of window. So they were n- able, never able to put four or five drives together, b- barring the very start of the game. Because, I mean, also to favor in, they were winning 10-0. You know, At 10-0, it looked like, oh, this is exactly what we thought it was going to be, which is they're going to be able to get pressure on uh, Alabama whenever they want to. And then at the same time, their offense is going to score on pretty much every possession. So Yeah.
0: And so then the after those games, obviously, the final four were released. And now you have Alabama 1, Michigan 2, Georgia 3, and Cincinnati 4, which I think is a fair ranking. The question of being whether Georgia should have dropped to 4 and that the committee didn't want didn't want it's such Alabama an obvious and Georgia fix, though, right? to play again. They didn't they
1: didn't want Alabama Georgia. Yeah. yeah. They want that They want well, that as the final. Who knows if that's, it'll be I the mean, final. That's the thing, right? That's I mean, Michigan has looked, looked pretty good
0: game. recently. They absolutely demolished Iowa, which I I am not an Iowa fan. I do not think they're very good, but they put a beat down on Iowa. I mean, that was like they were playing a division 2 team. So, Michigan is I think they're for real and i think cincinnati can give alabama a game i don't think they'll win but people are forgetting cincinnati i think has won the last 19 out of their last 20 games and their only loss is to georgia in whatever bowl game that was sugar bowl maybe and they were up 10 points going into the fourth quarter of that game so it's not as if they got blown out by the only good team i'm just
1: i'm saying now georgia's winning the national title Hmm. I know how I know how my I know how my seasons go more than anything else. And I know that having put in that very disappointing performance against Alabama on Saturday, I fully expect to be watching Georgia, Alabama on a Monday night in January and see Georgia just absolutely destroy Alabama. I'm sh- I'm sure it's going to happen. I'll say it now. <laughs> put it down as the first big chill, big chill prediction for twenty twenty two. Uh, Alabama, Georgia minus ten against Alabama in the national championship. <laughs> Wait, you're yeah, saying you predicting? Win by 10, or are you predicting the line the or the outcome? <laughs> no, because because the line should no, be Alabama. I mean, Alabama, Alabama will be favorites. I would imagine, unless something weird happens in the the semifinal, or they don't make it. Because I mean, maybe. Well, yeah, obviously, <laughs> I don't, don't think be, they're going to get a ten line favorites. <laughs> <laughs> But and I still say I commented to you there must be if you're an Ohio State player you must have been watching those games this weekend and thinking to yourself how did we blow this like we're definitely one of the four best teams in our best version of ourselves one of the four best teams in the country and for us to just be completely out of the picture as we watch teams put in mediocre performances must have been really disappointing
0: well a lot of that will depend on how Michigan plays as well if Michigan comes out and wins and beats Georgia, then I think Ohio State has an argument that, look, we're a good team. We lost a tough game away in 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 the big house to one of the two best. But if Michigan gets blown out, then I don't think they have much of a case. <laughs> you know, you have to win your games, right? But it, how disappointing for this committee would a Michigan-Cincinnati final be over the Alabama-Georgia? <laughs>
1: well, I, I don't know if it's disappointing for the committee. I think it's disappointing for ESPN or whoever's showing that game. I think that's who really would be disappointed. I think I would prefer I For it. the
0: committee to I would not I wouldn't. I'm so because tired you, you of Alabama and Georgia. I'm just so tired of them.
1: I mean, you can't really be that tired of Georgia. You must be tired of Alabama. Yeah, but Georgia's always Georgia. in it too. But I mean, Alabama. Just the thing is, they just prove I know that they're just the. They may as well just. I mean, to be honest with you, may as well not play Alabama games and then just put them in the well, get like a bye.
2: Just get an immediate <laughs> They, have a buy to they the get, the get a bye where they just play two games. As, yeah, yeah, like a few games.
1: But they just prove, you know what I mean? Like you can count them out. You can say, oh, look at their problems. Like they they can't block to save their lives or they're they're totally outmatched in these positions. And then push comes to shove in a big game. They produce and the other teams often don't. So, So, I mean, it's said going into that game, right? It was the first time in 72 games they'd been an underdog. How many games do you think it is before they're an underdog again? It's going to be at least like 10 or 12 right because they're they're obviously going to be favorites in at least another year in their next game and i yeah i'd say their favorites They're they're favorites for the remainder of the playoffs and next probably. year because you have and, bryce Young. and then next back. year they're 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 favorites for every regular season game so it's it's a long time until it's for um, me it's
2: a bit weird with college football right how what, Georgia have been absolutely slamming every single team that they've played. Most of them haven't even scored like over 10 points. And then they play a single game and suddenly everything's shot in terms of like defense looks bad. And it's, you know, looking at the NFL where it's like a team can be six and six and still get to the playoffs, right? But in college football, it's literally like one game and suddenly you're a terrible team. It
1: it. Well, it's just a disparity in, you know, most of the time. These teams are playing. You know, you're talking about teams that are, will have a handful to a lot of NFL future NFL players on their roster versus teams that will have no future NFL players most weeks. So it's just a, you know, it's a very big difference when they're playing, mo- you know, week in week out the opposition that they're playing, and then they come against up against teams, you know, that yeah, this Georgia defenses look great doesn't look so great when it's up against a quarterback who's going to play in the NFL and probably three wide receivers who will play in the NFL and a, a running back who will play in the NFL and a couple of offensive linemen who will play in the NFL. And suddenly, oh, it turns out that defense, that defense can get <laughs> sacks against me. Maybe they can't get sacks, <laughs> I mean, can't how get do sacks you, in the NFL.
2: Maybe you don't, but how do you change it? Because it must be thoroughly demoralizing for these colleges to literally have be it, pointless right it's completely pointless for them to play these games
1: <laughs> no i i hate being dismissive like that i hate because i mean as someone who supports a lower league team in the in the in the football footballing pyramid right you'd be like saying it's pointless when well no because uh, you have an fa cup because time, money and city things play. like that can
2: change it right you've got like man city bournemouth as examples yeah money can change it right oh, really? man city we in man city we playing torquay at one point, a couple of promotions, yeah, but but it's they were still the point That they weren't a good team at one point. Blackpool,
1: no, but let me know when Torquay. Came, let me know when Torquay are fucking hey, the championship, and I'll say Torquay money can change it. But you can't use the playoffs these. to
2: the championship. There was one point, you know, that can change things, right? Yeah, one but it's point. it's the point that in football, yeah. in the pyramid of football, any any division in football is that money or investment or. A bit of luck can change it. Is there ever a scenario in college football where luck has... 100%.
1: 100%. hundred percent
2: has done so incredibly well?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think yeah. in a single season, no, because the problem you're always going to have with the way the playoff committee works is if with a single season body of work, there's going to be skepticism that's probably going to prevent you from being in the top four. But the idea that you could turn a program around by having a good head coach... Getting a couple of good recruiting classes, maybe more through luck than skill, but also just having a good approach to recruiting. I mean, in the last 20 years, you've seen teams become powerhouses in college football, then fall away or not be relevant and then become powerhouses. So I think the you'd argue that there's probably more turnover in college football than there certainly is in in the Premier
0: League. I mean, look at Cincinnati are, are a great example. I mean, they were a low level college football team. And then Luke Fickle came his first year. He was four and eight. And then after that, he went 11 and two. Then I think 11 and one and now 11 and oh, I mean, he literally has changed his program from being a program that probably had 20% attendance to now sold out every game and in the national championship as a non-power five school in four years. They, so you do So get they that. don't
2: play the other big teams in that. Did they? So my argument is: Did, did no, Cincinnati? They're,
0: they're, they're not even in a big. Conference. Did they need to do much to
2: change that around?
0: Yes, a ton. I mean, well, one to change the team around to being an undefeated team, yes, and then two to be respected enough to make the college football playoff for sure. That's that's a enormous turnaround. They're the only non-power five to ever make it in the playoff so far, and there have been other teams that have been undefeated or close to undefeated and not gotten the respect. I mean, the other thing that kind of
2: caught the eye, right. Was the formula one, I guess. So, you know, Eddie Frank, did you see the Saudi Arabian grand Prix? Um, Kind of reminded me of the, I guess the, the older days, you know, the classic tussles that would go down to the wire, whether it's like, Schumacher or when Villeneuve was there and it was kind of very interesting to have the the dynamic of the back and forth and it would always go to like the final season decider don't feel like it's happened over the past decade with kind of Hamilton's dominance but I mean this certainly is I mean arguably the most exciting race of the season and it's going down to the final race of the season but did you did you watch it?
1: I watched all of it. It took forever. I missed some of the NFL just because with the constant, with the red flag, obviously, with the safety cars, virtual safety cars, all of the, uh, it took, I mean, what, three restarts, I think it was. It took forever. Um, So that was the only frustrating aspect of it. But yeah, action-packed. I put myself obviously in a category where I don't have a strong interest in Formula One. But when you have like any sport I can get pretty interested when you have two people who clearly don't like each other who are very open about that. It's a little bit like when we were talking about the Kepka DeChambeau, like it's good for a sport to have, you know, pre-race and post-race, these two guys publicly disagreeing with each other, kind of being politely critical of each other. They're not saying anything awful, but, you know, throwing jabs at each other in terms of whether or not what they're doing is right. And the styles are different. And, uh, it was exciting i mean lots of drama i like that both of them think there's kind of conspiracy theories up against them whenever any decision is taken against the other against one of them they assume it's because the the authorities hate them and want the other person to win and then 10 minutes later something else happens and it's because the authorities hate that guy and want him to win i like being able to listen to them kind of bitch through their team radios at times um And yeah, I mean, to go into the final race of the season, level on points. Obviously, uh, Verstappen has the slight advantage because he's won more races. So if it ends and they stay level on points, he wins. Obviously, the only way they They will stay level on points is (laughs) if... Yeah. I mean, uh, and this is the thing that surprises me a little bit. I know that it's very dangerous, easy to say this. It why doesn't, doesn't this happen well, just, just torpedo <laughs> yeah. Hamilton?
2: I mean, why not? I mean, you get penalized, right? Massively, but who cares? You win on points, right? Yeah.
1: But I mean, you, you must be good enough to at some moment in time take a risk and just go. I mean, the, the risk you run is that. And in look, you also have a team, right? So you have two opportunities to take Hamilton out. <laughs> maybe first time up, you don't use Verstappen.
2: I just love the idea. But of you have two chances. Just maybe, like yeah. absolutely careening into the edges, but no, you're um you're right about the fact that you know, like Christian Horner comes out and he's like, "There's a conspiracy against Red Bull," and everything goes Mercedes way. And there's this kind of public opinion perception, I guess, that Hamilton is like a much better driver or not safer driver but Verstappen's obviously like plays loose and hard with the kind of concept of acceptable rules and overtaking It it's a really cool soap opera sort of dynamic you know both constructors dislike each other and believe it's against them but simultaneously both flagship primary drivers have a real rivalry and a different style to the way they race as well and it does make for a really interesting watch and to be honest it's probably the first time I've genuinely been interested in Formula One for a while, right? Because, you know.
1: Also, you got two different cars, right? With Two different strengths in each of the cars. And I know that probably we've got people listening who, who, who are very knowledgeable about Formula One, who like it, who probably hate this idea of two people who don't know that much kind of trying to explain it. But obviously you've got the Red Bull car, which seems to excel on, in terms of, Around corners and in sectors where there's not long straights, and the Mercedes, which is just much much faster on straights, so you kind of have a sector where Red Bull would perform well, but then overall, depending on the course layout, it's it's probably advantage Mercedes most times. I like that Red Bull uh, were kind of shitting on Mercedes post race, basically saying, "Yeah, Hamilton's winning because of an engine," whereas Verstappen's keeping himself in the race by being a better driver. Uh, I think just everything about it is very. I can get involved in any sport where you got two people really going head to head with each other and, and, and yeah. not liking each other. It's good for the um, sport. So you've so, got uh,
2: Hamilton at one to two yeah. to win in Abu Dhabi and, um, Verstappen at 15 to wait. And it's interesting how they almost take a hundred percent of the book, right? <laughs> They've literally given like a small percentage point to every other driver. Uh, cause obviously it'd be one to two, two to one, a hundred percent book. But, uh yeah, Mercedes have won the constructors, right? Because of the, they picked up more points through the season. But um yeah, you're right. And it, it's also that dynamic has also transferred over to the fans, right? Like how partisan the crowd was for the Dutch Grand Prix and that kind of thing. So it's it's been interesting to see people kind of galvanized for um for the success in this F1. And I I, I think it's the most exciting it's been for a while for sure. But uh yeah, I'd I'd probably take that as one of the other
1: Premier League. I also don't know who I, I don't know who I believe at times. Like obviously there was the big dramatic moment when Hamilton clipped Verstappen, when Verstappen was instructed to give the place back and was then slowing down. Hamilton thinks that he was brake checking him. So slowing down, accelerating, slowing down, accelerating. But then Hamilton also slowed down, seemed to have sufficient space to overtake him, but clipped him and then Basically, the theory coming out of it is that they were both playing a game because the the, the the zone for measuring DRS was coming up. And so had you been in the lead with within a gap of, but you're, the person behind you is within a second, they then get DRS on the following straight. And basically, that's guaranteeing that they will overtake when they're that close, pretty much. Because I think it's an extra 20 miles an hour. I think it works out, too. Uh, and... They kind of each one is accusing the other of having of trying to game the system so that they get that DRS advantage, and I don't know which one I could believe. It seemed to me like they were both probably playing the same game, and in the end, I mean, it's impressive because when Hamilton clipped him, I assumed it was race over that there was no way he was going to be able to catch him. Um, but
2: yeah, exciting, exciting. I think yeah, it'd be the first time in a long me, time. Like I know that there's a couple of people that listen to this podcast that have always said to me. And friends that are kind of within the industry, even that Hamilton is like the much more acceptable driver in terms of like what he does is not as outlandish as Verstappen. So Verstappen should be punished more for when it goes wrong. But I also think sometimes that I live in the UK, right? I think the media and the attention is inherently going to be biased for Hamilton and they're going to see it that way. So I'm never sure. But like you say, exciting. It's good to see. I look forward to the race, actually.
1: Now to continue a, a little bit more of a British theme, I guess, we've got the Ashes starting. I best basically, when this podcast comes out, it may have already begun or just about the first test just about to get underway. So for people unfamiliar with the world of cricket, uh, the Ashes is a biannual. Uh, I, I mean, when I, I know when you say biannual, whether that means twice yeah, a year or, once every, a year every or once every two years, once every two years, four Com- annually. Yeah, competition between Australia and England, uh, in which they are competing for a very, very small urn that contains ashes. Hence the the name, the ashes. We've seen them. The ashes, not of a human. Well, being, we've seen the urn. Yeah, we have it's seen tiny. ashes, not of a human being.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're not human remains. <laughs>
1: Um, and they alternate then between being hosted in Australia or being hosted in England this time around. It's in Australia, which is why it's being played in Northern Hemisphere winter, Southern Hemisphere summer, starting this starting this week. I mean, I think Australia are... I, I, when I say I would put them as overwhelming fam- favorites, I don't think they are from a betting perspective. I mean, they're favorites, but they're not overwhelming favorites. Uh, they come into it with a little bit of drama as their captain tim Payne had to resign from the captaincy based on a sexting scandal that came out which is a story that i honestly cannot wrap my head around i have to say not that the sexting scandal should be where we focus our discussion but here's what i don't get about his particular sexting scandal the sexting scandal had previously come out like four years ago or whatever had occurred when he was captain of tasmania and this was with someone who worked for I think she was a physio or, or someone within the Tasmania cricket setup who he had sent also I mean the texts that he sent are just embarrassing from a if you're if you're gonna get caught sexting, these were just not the ones messages you want to be
0: sent. Eddie are, are we trying to break the the record <laughs> but... for saying sexting on a podcast? <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: We're, we're probably competing with Who's Your Daddy, but or whatever that one is. <laughs> they probably still call, got us by call it, me, call me daddy. <laughs> who's wait. Who, who's, who's your daddy, daddy? is Joe <laughs> Buck, isn't it? <laughs> Tim.
1: No, that's daddy, <laughs> daddy issues. I think That's it is daddy issues. In, is Joe Buck. Tim, Payne's your daddy? Tim Pace. Yeah. Or is it even call her daddy? Is it call me daddy or call her daddy? I, mean, I think it's, it's call her one. daddy. Anyway.
0: But was, yes, they probably they they daddy. probably are out-sexing us. And and in...
1: they probably yeah, they probably done an they probably done an Ashes preview for the first time ever. <laughs> but the thing I don't get about it is, so right, he so this scandal goes public. He is sanctioned at the time by the Tasmania Cricket Board. It kind of doesn't go massively public because he wasn't a very high-profile cricketer. He was just breaking through into the Australia setup at the at the time this happened. So People didn't really care. It's then resurfaced a couple of weeks ago. And as a result of the shame, he's decided to, he said he was already going to retire from international cricket after these ashes, but he decided to step down from being captain of the Australian cricket team. I understand him stepping down. What I don't understand, and maybe there is there are details that have come out that haven't really gone public, but that have kind of emerged because of this coming back out. His wife was already aware of it. You would have thought they'd processed it over the last four years They've obviously decided to stay together. It's very weird. He's then stepped away from the game entirely for mental health reasons. We've discussed these kind of topics in the past. And I hate to do this, but to be an absolute skeptic in this instance, this felt like the best play for getting public sympathy and kind of taking all of the pressure off of him was he suddenly stepped away from the game indefinitely for mental health reasons felt like a good way of getting people to stop writing embarrassing articles about
0: him sexting with someone without you reading the the sexting text, how salacious were these sexting messages
1: they're not they're not that salacious, that's the thing, and that's what actually makes it kind of embarrassing. So she sends him, and I'm, uh, yeah, this is not going to be verbatim. She basically sends him a message congratulating him, I think, on his Australia call-up. And, and, and then he Brett Favre crocs crocks her, crock picks her? Pretty much. Oh he basically god. instantly goes.
2: <laughs> oh my god.
1: I mean, clearly there's, a, the difference, clearly there was a history between the two of them. I think they'd already probably done more than just sexted. I think is part of this but basically she he, she he then starts complimenting her she says she's got to go he's like well i've got to touch myself like it's just like he's getting so excited from a conversation that just seems so basic that like basically um, a woman complimenting him and then him just being like oh my god i am so wasn't, hard right now yeah
2: wasn't it didn't he use like the most awful like cricket lingo where he's like i need to give something firmer pull yes <laughs> it's just like i think that was the line and i'm like, about to oh. take a wicket and she doesn't seem <laughs> she doesn't
1: seem at all it sounds like he's
2: taking a shit <laughs> Hold on, I, a I got a i got a massive <laughs> wicket
0: Oh, I've just gone boundary. (laughs) But yeah, I do remember that kind of funny line with Tim Payne when um,
2: obviously all the COVID stuff was going on and England were talking about potentially not going because of the long series, the World Cup, being in the West Indies after this. Um, And Tim Payne obviously said like, Whether England are there or not, we're turning up, obviously forgetting to realize that he won't be a part of that.
1: So just to read the kind of key moment in the text. So she says something that she can be a bad girl. This is the kind of the way it gets started. He then says, I like good girl, but this other one sounds interesting. She says, when I'm good, I'm good. When I'm bad, I am brilliant. He said, brilliantly bad? she says i will think naughty thoughts about you while wa- while we watch the tv he says i'm cracking haha naughty thoughts like what i'm about to give something firm a pull and she says ha i'm sorry getting ready <laughs> i'm getting ready for work it's a big day for us kids and then he says follows that up with well you want to taste my and the sticky blur, wicket by assuming it's some variation of dick and then, fuck me, I'm serious. I'm wicked. Fucking Seriously hard. And then she says, I thought we were resting hands. And he says, Can't rest them when I'm this hard. Need to ease the tension. Finish me off with those lips then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, like it's, it's That escalated. Yeah, quick, and she like, is
1: not engaging in any of it.
0: God, a brick kill the man.
2: I love the idea of responding to, like, it's a big day for us kids. So then he's like, yeah, talk to me about that. Like, if anyone brings the word <laughs> kids into a conversation, you should just stop. You just need to abandon what's going on. It, it
1: almost feels it almost feels like someone's been playing, like, Mad Libs, you know, and they're just sending his responses back where he's had to fill in the blank on words. <laughs> like, but I don't know. It's not a great look. If you're going to have, not good to have any scandal come out but you at least kind of want to look good it's like the brett Favre thing you don't want a scandal cut kind to of come out and you look like a loser in the process so not only are you a scumbag but you'll look like a dork the scumbag is obviously much much worse than the dorkier side but again it hurts him here where it's like oh not only were you a scumbag but what you were doing you didn't even do in a cool fashion
2: yeah i mean The the Tim Payne thing has obviously taken a bit of focus away from what is an obviously better test side uh, in Australia. But I think I I think obviously it's thrown it into a little bit of doubt the the kind of the Australian team. And obviously England got buoyed by the fact that Stokes returned. Um, So naturally, if Stokes wasn't playing, this would be an absolute this would be a complete whitewash. But it just gives England that slight sense of kind of heroics and the kind of miraculous century, et cetera. But the thing is, you look at the schedule and the thing is, they always play at the Gabba first, right? And it's notoriously a, a hard place for England to do. It, it doesn't play to any of England's strengths, ultimately. So I think if England are going to do anything in this Ashes, they have to start really well. Um, usually the way they start well um, is by drawing at the Gabba. Um, You obviously got the memory of the... I I can't remember how many Alistair Cook scored, but it was kind of when they um, got, what, 517 for one or whatever it was. I think it was at the Gabba, which was pretty insane. But I think if England are going to come anywhere being competitive in this, they have to start well in Brisbane. And I'm not sure. I just think Australia will probably win this one, maybe like 3-0 or something like that. I can't really see England winning.
0: No, I don't think they... yeah, the. Uh, Go ahead, sorry, Hank. I was going to say the stat that I saw that was pretty telling was they haven't won a test in Australia since 2011. So they've lost nine and, and drawn one in their last 10. That's, that's not a good stat to be riding into Australia with. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't
1: think they have the pace in their bowling attack to really cause the Australians trouble consistently because you just need those on flat, firm pitches where you, you need people bowling 90 miles an hour plus. So like Jofra Archer missing is a big blow. And then on top of it, I don't think they have the consistency. You need to put up big scores at the same time. You do need, you know, 350 all out is is a subpar score on a lot of these pitches in the first innings. So you need to be putting up 500 runs just to kind of keep yourself in the game at times. And I, I think they just have too many question marks in their top order. And it's hard to see. They'll need people. They'll need Joe Root to be miraculous. They'll need... And then they'll need someone from the top order to, order to take a real step up. Because if you look at the opening partnership, real question marks there. And then the middle order, there's just a lot of players who are very hit or miss. And it will look good when one of them comes in and smashes 60 or 45 balls. But it won't look good when three of them come in and get out for seven you know, combined playing dumb shots that aren't suited to the the actual circumstances, but yeah, we'll have to see, see how it goes. Still. It's nice to, weird that it's on BT sport. Really? Also. I didn't see that.
2: Cause I always used to think the ashes yeah. was uh, what they call it. The, the kind of crown jewels where it's always on BBC or something like that. But I guess sky sports kind of changed that. And then now, now BT sport have changed that. So, but yeah, I think, I think the good thing about the ashes, right. Is that you, I always, even if, England lose there's something kind of emotive about it and it's very kind of good cricket it's it can be very um, captivating in terms of the things that happen, how close it can be. I think I think at least England having Stokes and having a pretty competitive time of it you know taking a, a good amount of the T20 players but also uh, having kind of a better run of it kind of test wise against India especially. Uh, I definitely think will help them, but yeah, the odds are never in England's favor for the last like decade. In, um, I, think I, think
1: I think I think I think I think they
2: like might have a couple of a, a draw or two, but I don't see them winning a test. So I think I, if I was going to give like a, a correct score, I'd probably say Australia win at three 0
1: And you would classify that as no, no, no. I mean
2: competitive <laughs> tests, as in like a draw. Um, you know, maybe okay. maybe maybe so you know uh, maybe they pull out something.
1: This is a this is a sam spot this is a sam positive spin of like hey i know we lost the super bowl 90 to 0 but you remember that one drive no no no, no
2: no no i i think with test cricket especially in australia as you say big scores um i i think you can still be competitive and look good in a draw right i think i i saw the the kind of victory rates that england and australia have england down under is 33% australia is only 51 so i know there's that's a good amount of difference, but it's still a lot of draws so um yeah i i i I think three in a lot of Australia
1: saw so a former guest friend of the podcast Dane was doing some cricket related content on Instagram at one moment
0: was he really yeah he was like what he, he has a new he has a new segment now where he like takes YouTube videos and analyzes with his them like with say, just his head on it like
1: where it's just his floating yeah, head. That, like,
0: kind of... if it's possible, if it if it's like legit, if it's crazy, because he attacks a lot of the, um, like social media fitness people who put up crazy videos of them doing things, and he just tears them apart and tells them that they're not impressive or not even real sometimes. So, I don't know why he is getting after cricket though. He wasn't getting. He was just looking at good cricket catches,
1: and uh, oh, okay. and it was the same style of video. His floating head in front of. <laughs> The highlight, um, like very TikTok kind of style, which is maybe where he's originally putting it out. But I saw it on Instagram. In terms of
2: World Cup, I mean, in terms of amazing cricket catches, look no further than Bermuda, India, right? With the fridge. Remember that ball? When that huge, huge guy (laughs) took a diving catch. Yeah, I think that's more surprising. (laughs) Took a diving catch to the great commentary of the fridge is open.
1: So what else has been going on? We usually rely on you, Frank, for a like non-sports related discussion. A new food? I oh, you know what I did have over the weekend? I had the McDonald's fish and chips.
2: Oh, pray tell.
0: Oh, how and was it?
2: <laughs> but okay, okay, so not good. Yeah, taste wise, <laughs> describe it to us. Everything not good or?
1: So I mean, it, it's obviously it's just the McDonald's fries, and then you have these little sort of chicken uh, fish balls basically fried fish balls um kind of like a fish nugget basically uh and they weren't particularly tasty they actually were kind of tasteless so it was a little bit just like you're eating like a substance um but no i wouldn't
2: hell of a review i wouldn't have it again
1: (laughs) i'm eating (laughs) that's the review (laughs) i can confirm i'm having to chew was kind of how i felt throughout it but i mean not horrific but It wasn't disgusting. If I'd been really, really hungry and that's all I'd had to eat, I had available to me, I could have, of course, eaten them. But it wasn't, I'm not ordering them again.
2: So um, actually, Frank, so obviously I told you that the UK Wendy's have started to open up. So the problem is the queues have been so much when I've gone because of like the, the kind of, I guess, fascination with it. But guess who opened up last week in very close to where Wendy's opened up near where I live. We have a Popeye's. Popeye's. Yeah. So Popeye's have now opened up. Oh, so I the am going sandwich. to be, uh, when I get a chance, I'm going to review them. I'm going to have, I understand like we spoke about like the Baconator. I don't know what Wendy's have, but I know Popeye's is obviously the chicken sandwich. So yeah, I'll feed back once I've had the, uh, once I've had the.
1: The only thing from Wendy's that you have to specifically get, I think, is a Frosty. And then everything else, just get whichever
0: And then dip your fries in it. Just get whichever (laughs) burger
1: you prefer, and it will be square. Got it. Be be prepared to have your mind blown by a square
0: burger. (laughs) On a round bun. Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) All right. Yeah, but I mean, I saw some people eating it. It looked good, but tastes good. We'll see. I mean, I'm hoping that the chicken is better quality in the UK, right? Just because of the standards being different for chicken. But...
0: yeah yeah i had i had fast food for the first time in a long time this week i had some in and out burger <laughs> Wait, what bodily speaking Did or that every like... every few months
1: i saw you gave your dog in no, i saw you gave your dog an in and out burger for his birthday
2: cake i was gonna say happy birthday that was a hell of a yeah burger. and then <laughs> yeah
1: i saw i saw that and then i thought to myself Here's the same guy who complains that he's going to take his dog for vet every couple of weeks. And he's
2: it's going a walk to Comes off, eats a cheeseburger.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> can have a cheeseburger once a year. We we asked for you get like no salt burger and no condiments or anything. So it was literally just beef, a piece of cheese, and and. The bun, the bun. I guess is the, the bun. The, the, the bun is the, the thing that surprised me.
1: I can get giving it like a beef patty. Yeah, it seems like a nice treat. But-
0: well, I didn't. I didn't want to just get him a beef patty because we just put two fast food beef patties on a plate, it's, <laughs> it looks so disgusting. So I figured, what the hell? Let him have some carbs. So I make I, it look a little better. I didn't. So you're
1: talking about disgusting from the prospect of you being able to post it on Instagram. Or are you implying that your dog is such a discerning eater that if you had just put two beef patties down on a plate, it would have turned its nose up and walked away and said, what is this crap?
0: No, he still would have loved it. But yeah, I think from from the regards of trying to give him a nice little birthday dinner, just throwing two fast food patties on a plate would have been pretty unappealing to to the Instagram eye. I mean you can buy them. But I also car like, with cake. it though. You can buy those dog cakes. Yeah, yeah, we we mm. and we have. We usually do, but we just didn't plan ahead to get one. So instead we figured we just We didn't plan ahead, so we just got a chocolate cake. Something indulgent for dinner. <laughs>
2: See, ya, that
0: went down. <laughs> we just got an ice cream cake. <laughs> but no, pretty pretty quiet. Not I haven't seen many interesting stories. I think with the holidays everything just gets super holiday related and you lose out on these nice, you know, chicken war stories and things like that. Oh, I I actually have one. I watched yesterday the first episode of the I think it's called Harry Potter Tournament of Champions. It is a game show I think is on TBS that has We kind of came in halfway, so I'm not completely sure, but it seems that all four of the houses from the show are represented by three people on stage and then about 50 in the crowd, and each house competes against each other to win this tournament of trivia based off of the books and movies of Harry Potter. Now, I've read every book, and I've watched every movie several times, By the third round of this show, I was just straight guessing. I mean, the things that these people knew, it's beyond what a human should know about a fictional movie and book. Like, I mean, it's not impressive. It's sad.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm always cautious because I you know, when it comes to sports or whatever, there would be a level of knowledge that I have that a lot of, that a Harry Potter fan would look at and say, that's really sad. So I guess I'm always cautious with that. But I I mean, if you're going to go on a game show and it's going to be your specialist subject, I'm expecting you to get stuff that, I mean, I mean this with the utmost respect to your Harry Potter knowledge. But if if you're getting it just as someone who's sort of casually read the books and watched the movies, then I'm not going to be super impressed with, someone preparing for a quiz and knowing it. Yeah. The
0: the crazy part was there was two teams. One did okay, got a few decently hard questions, but missed a few. The other team got every single question correct. So as hard as it was, they still weren't even able to stump them on a single question. So it just shows the level of knowledge. And it's really funny because... As you can imagine, these people aren't, they're nerdy. You know, let's put, it, let's, let's, like, nerds is, is an okay term now, right? So they are quite nerdy individuals, but they are loving the stage. I mean, they're, like, doing weird celebrations. They're trash-talking the other team in the corniest trash-talk possible. Like, it's it's interesting to watch. It's I'll probably watch the next one just to see some of the questions. I mean, but like Helen Mirren is hosting it, you know, so I don't know, is this just, like, has she given up on life and has decided to host a Harry Potter trivia show or is she a huge Harry Potter fan? I don't, That just seemed crazy to me that Helen Mirren, a really respected actor, is just going to start doing Harry Potter trivia shows.
1: It's surprising. It seems like a huge get from their perspective, but at the same time, I could understand you feel like a little bit of a sellout probably, but I bet you it's really, really good money and fundamentally no work. Like I think a game show host must be the dream come true from, from like just
0: easy street. All right, let me ask you this then. If you could host a game show, what kind would you host? Would you host more like the trivia type, like a Jeopardy, or would you do more the fun type, like a newlywed game? I
1: don't want the fun type because I think you just get mostly weirdos and you're just going to have a lot of awkward interactions. I think that takes a little bit of skill. Like I think being like even something like Wheel of Fortune where there's just, it's just such psychos <laughs> going on. <laughs> I think even, <laughs> like, yeah,
0: oh, wow, yeah. you... Wow, just, you just, just went after just Wheel of Fortune quickly. contestants. <laughs>
1: You know what I mean, though? There's the game shows where they kind of become the kind of people who are in it are in the like the cult of that show. Deal or no deal. I was going to say. Deal or no deal. The people going going on deal or no deal are in like into that game to a degree where interacting with them as a. I would find it difficult. I would have to be in my mind when speaking to them, being like, just think of the paycheck that's coming after this episode. Smile, treat them like they're normal. You know, like that's. But. I would. I think my dream would be like, who wants to be a millionaire? I think so easy. You basically just read people questions. I could. I could congratulate them, talk them through the process. Like, how did? Oh, oh, why are you leaning that way? Oh, yeah. And who's this we're calling? Are, you, are they reliable? And then I can imagine how insincere
2: your small talk would sound, though. <laughs> like, so, where are you from? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't care. You know what? I don't care. Let's just go to the question. <laughs>
1: I mean, that's also because I think, I mean, I've applied to be on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on multiple occasions. It's kind of my dream show to be on. And I think that it's, I would want to, it's the show I'd most want to be the participant on and then also so most want to be the host.
2: Question. Of. You've got the phone a friend. What category are you calling me and what category are you calling Frank for?
1: See, here's the thing is I never know how many people you can list as your phone a friend because that would – I'm having to list you two or is this – because I never know because they actually now, I think they've upped their game, certainly in the UK. There is definitely someone physically with the phone a friend ensuring that they don't cheat. That kind of figures, right? Really? Yeah, yeah, there's someone – they now mention the fact that there is someone – there is a kind of observer, which what an awkward evening because – you have no guarantee that the person you are the phone a friend for is so even the You just make small talk the show, with right? this observer just, for like four <laughs> hours. <laughs> so, yeah, so, and then I don't even know, is, is, is that person being, because they don't really speak, is that person then like attending the studio, and so they're actually just all sitting in a room backstage and pretending that you're calling them at home, but in reality they're just back there? Or is it, no, you're sitting at home like watching the Champions League, waiting for the phone to ring with this guy who's turned like up you, to make sure you, you go to cheat. the bathroom and, and the it f- rings and like, go. get in get in get in <laughs> yeah, exactly
0: it reminds <laughs> me i i heard for the emmys when they had them during covid outside of every uh person who was um not a contestant uh like within the category they were outside of their homes they had a person in a hazmat suit with the emmy trophy like waiting to give it to them but then if that person didn't win they just kind of turned around and went back into their car and drove away so it's this really weird thing where you just have this random person sitting outside your house in a hazmat suit just holding a trophy that you may or may not get
1: <laughs> yeah but i mean who- so if I... So that that's the question because I think that there are people... And obviously it depends. If I'm going on British Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I'll put it... If I'm going on British Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, I know I need a phone a friend for pop culture aspects that I'm just not good with. Like that would be a big area. I think you can be pretty reliant on the Ask the Audience for a lot of that. Like who, who was killed in season 10 of EastEnders? That's a great Ask the Audience question. And I think people waste that on phoning a friend or 50 /50 50s when it's like, just throw that out to these hundred people.
0: I bet you 60 of them watch EastEnders and you'll be okay. But now with that too, with, with the, with the, ask the audience, I want to know if this has changed too, because whenever you would watch the show, you would always think when given the answers, you know, one is incorrect, right? And the thing was always, can you say, if you don't know, just pick letter D, do you know what I mean? Could you so that way the only audience? the people who yeah the only so only the people who actually knew would give you an answer and everyone else would just pick the incorrect one so that way you wouldn't get uh, a skewed or inflated question from people who didn't know I always thought that that if, int- if you could actually do that
1: it'd be interesting I mean here's the thing is you could anyway because it's always that thing right where the show gets cut down into people's trips are or- you know, 10 minutes. They're sometimes sitting there for hours agonizing over questions. So A, maybe they're saying that B, you also maybe make it really, really clear. I absolutely am 100% certain that it is not D. So you just, I, yeah, I don't, I mean, the risk is that you say, hey, I know it's not D. If you don't know what it is, put it as D. And it turns out it's D and you've just skewed the answers yeah. the wrong way. <laughs> so you're like, I guess nobody else knew 100% of the audience has said D.
0: sam what kind of show would you host would you be in for one of the chattier ones
2: yeah like a you know where like they actually spend the first 15 minutes of it just like getting to know each contestant before (laughs) it's not the best one but do you remember strike it what was it strike it rich in the uk Oh, okay. There used to be, it used to no be this idea. game where fundamentally you went like left to right across like a load of TV screens and you hit the TV screen and it was either like a prize or it was like an arrow to move forward. And the idea is you had to get left to right kind of the first possible, but all they did was basically just talk and have a joke with all the contestants. I kind of think I'd be good at that, but um, I don't really know. I don't really watch quiz shows anymore.
0: What about like The Bachelorette? Is, is, is that a, a question? <laughs> you be the host of The Bachelorette?
2: <laughs> or are we just talking about shows?
0: That's <laughs> a game show of sorts. <laughs> I consider it almost oh, a game that, show. That would be too
2: <laughs> awkward for me, The Bachelorette. And also, what does the host really do? They just kind of line people up and say, like, pick, pick these guys, right?
1: Yeah. It, it tells, them, tells them what they're supposed to be doing. Like, now you're going to eliminate two of the people. Now you're going to be deciding who you go on this date with. Let's take a look at the Yeah, like Survivor. Yeah. Survivor would be kind of interesting. But I mean, again, you're straying away from game shows here. I mean, here's the thing is, I'll do, if there's anyone out there listening who's been considering me for hosting anything, I'll do it for for, (laughs) For for the right amount of money. I'm doing anything. (laughs) You could just cut the the last bit of that out, right? You could just run the right amount of money. I'll do anything. (laughs) I'm doing anything for... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I'm already on record is that I'm already said there's there's absolutely nothing within reason in this world. I'm not like murdering family members and stuff, but there's there's pretty much nothing I'm not doing given that the money is right, but the money could be astronomical. you know we've Has we've had this been- bar go for it.
0: I was, I was going to go back on subject. I didn't want to hear what you would do for money. I was, I was no. done with that. <laughs> I was trying to keep us on subject a little bit. Well, no, we've just always had, those dis-
1: we've always had those bar discussions, right? This one we've regularly had of like, would you, I, you ask people like, would you have your pinky chopped off for money? And there are people who are like, no, under no circumstances. It's like I think I don't believe. Given that it's done in a safe environment by like a doctor in a surgery, you're not chopping your pinky off for a trillion dollars. That does would it, be insane. That you value your trillion. Your, does, t- your does pinky. The pinky that are much. you
2: then allowed to ask that doctor to reattach it immediately?
1: <laughs> uh, okay. to, re- to reattach it, no. And you can't have like a fake. Well, you can't have a prosthetic. So you have you, you got, to. You can have like, like a, a fake. Ah, that's a shame. Okay. No, you're living without that for the. Can it be on life.
2: the opposite to your dominant hand? You can choose the pinky.
1: You get to choose. This is an entirely hypothetical game that will never come into reality, and you get to choose the the rules and the parameters.
0: Well, only some of the rules, because you just told us you, the doctor can't re put it back on. <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> because that would be silly. Hey, well, I'll give you a billion dollars to cut your pinky off and then have it instantly reattached. So it will maybe not be How much money would you take for statement. that? Yeah. I mean, anyway. And then to immediately have it reattached. For a
2: pinky?
0: Is it the whole pinky? Oh yeah. It's like, like a, all it's the like way a to surgical, the
2: surgical full on like guillotine down. Yeah. It's very clean.
1: Well, give me give me your price. Like you hold your hand give up your and you have only brackets. got four
0: fingers. No, it's completely we, gone. Yeah. That would just yes. look weird. Well, it, would, it would be 20% less fingers. Yeah, I've met people what that without their pinkies.
2: I don't know why you're looking at it like it's surprising. Like, you know what it would look like.
0: <laughs> I want to know what it would look like from my what perspective. About, what about
2: 10,000 euros,
0: Eddie?
1: So this is to have my yes. pinky chopped Instantly. off and then reattached? Like, no, I'm not... No, I'm not doing that because you're never going to have it. Even if you're having it reattached, you're not going to have full use of that finger. There's still going to be some long term effect of having had your finger chopped off. So, it's 50K do it? No, 10,000. 50 makes me think about it. 50,000 pounds. I think 100 oh, is probably... oh, oh,
2: I mean, the, the pound oh, sorry, is strong no, right now, Eddie. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so
1: 60,000 60, euros. I mean, Um No, I think, I think a hundred thousand probably is the, I think for a lot of things, a hundred thousand is kind of the starting point for me as to when, if that money was really put down on the table, it would be difficult for me to think this is a down payment on a pretty big house, but I'm not willing to have my little toe chopped
0: off. All right. I've got a good one. I want to up this, Annie. How much would it take for you to chop Sam's pinky off? Yeah. And here's the stipulation. I'll pay here's you. The stipulation. I'll pay you, you. Guys can, you guys can split the money however you want, but you can't tell him or talk to him about it beforehand. So you kind of have to know that he'd be okay with it for a wait, certain do you price mean, point. Wait, or you could do give two you shits you mean... about Sam. So you just, or you could wait, just wait, not I mean, care. there's too many questions
1: hold on, hold here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. So, <laughs> so you're saying I just grab, the we're like out the I yeah. grab his hand and just whip out like a butcher's knife and just... Yeah, and just slam it down in his pinky and then him just screaming in horrific pain yeah we're splitting no the money <laughs> you're getting 10 euros uh,
0: with a little more control like he would get subdued and we would lay out the hand and you would just come in without saying he has no idea what's going on and why have just i chop now just
2: all. gone into an episode of like hostile <laughs>
1: this is a lot <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is a lot darker. (laughs) This is a lot darker than the usual questions. Um, I would say
0: a hundred thousand each. So you want two hundred thousand? Do I get consulted in this? And you would split it with him. (laughs) Why does Eddie
2: get? Why does Eddie get money for doing
0: this? No, he. No, he does not get to consult you. Why does he have so much control? But he's allowed to give you whatever he wants after.
1: Oh, is this the new game show we invent? Like, it's kind of like the wedding game where the people have to have the same right answer <laughs> Yeah, in order to kind right of point. In this, <laughs> you in, in don't,
0: this like, you don't worry, answer.
1: Sam, I got you 20,000 He's like, I oh, wouldn't <laughs> have done it for 20 well, It's going to be now like the golden nothing. bull split or steel. <laughs> it's like Obviously, the reality of with losing limbs, no But it would be interesting to see that same premise but from like a, a dare, like doing something like a fear factor style. Yeah. But you're having to pick, like, how much will I, dr- will I need to get paid to drink donkey semen? <laughs> well, I went right <laughs> to that one real quick.
0: <laughs> had that one on the mind, Eddie.
1: <laughs> well, Joe Rogan always speaks about the fact that that was the thing that basically got them canceled when they started making people, they, they had to drink, like, a pint of donkey semen each. And that was the, that was, like, the moment that the show got canceled for even though they'd made people do more dangerous things before that like that's just pure it's gross there's no kind of long term impact of it but that was the moment when the the network was like we can't we can't air people drinking, chugging semen Semen chugging (laughs) now Sam let me ask
0: you if Uh, (laughs) if if you did get your finger chopped off by Eddie and he gave you a hundred thousand would you have been okay with it? No. Ha oh, See, friendship
2: over. <laughs> oh, what the cutting? Yeah, because, what? Because he was like, I can't believe you. Didn't I think do you're that, wrong, Sam.
1: I think you're wrong. You're pink. Wow! You, this you're...
2: is what a power play here. Like you're <laughs> wrong. You won't take a hundred k for me chopping off your finger. I don't get why Eddie gets money from this though. Because
0: that's part of the game. It's a sick game, Sam. Eddie benefits in all ways. Because Eddie also also has to go under the assumption that he's your friends and he doesn't want to like ruin the friendship. Like you're someone who you trust Eddie. So there's a lot at stake for him being like, if I do this and he's not okay with it, I've fucked up this guy's life that I care about. (laughs) So it's got like an emotional element to it.
1: And also, it just works on the same premise of if you said, "How much would okay, how much money would it take?" You've got to chop Sam's pinky off. How much money would Sam want? Because if there's then nothing in it for me. I would say I'm not chop- chopping Sam's pinky off. So no amount of money. But once you throw in, but you get the same amount, then not only do I make the calculation of how happy will you be doing it, I then have to make the calculation of at what at what sum do I feel comfortable chopping off part of your body. I think it's a great game show. I think we might have to go to like North Korea to do it, but I think we can get it made. <laughs> I mean, maybe we just do it. <laughs> no, so-
0: last, last question for this. Oh, gosh. How are, Say this plays out. Eddie, how nervous are you with the chop? Like what's your mindset going in? So Sam has no idea what's happening. You guys are just, let's say you're out to the bar. All of a sudden five people come in. They kind of subdue them, hold them, Put his hand down. They hand you the hatchet. They say, "Cut it now!" And you have like three seconds. What's your? What's going through your head? I think I know the play. Are you nervous, anxious, excited? Ex- okay, I hopefully say, not the
1: latter. I'm excited. I go Tim Bain on him. Ooh, I have something firm to pour <laughs> on right now. Um. Uh, how many drinks have I had?
2: Enough. Oh, four.
1: Okay. Two. Oh, I prefer four. two to four. I think four would be like the sweet spot of calming the nerves and then still not impeding my ability to to do it. How confident am I? Is he just is his hand just like a limp hand just being held out, or are they using some kind of? It's, tie I guess to it's kind hand. Of separate it's the
2: flat finger? down like that on the table. It's flat and down. I can't move it. Um. So I guess Spread I out. guess the theory here is: Do you go like high up with the chop and maybe miss the angle, or do you kind of like? put it down and then push all your weight knowing that it's in place and, or do i go wait and
0: and can he feel pain can yes he feel uh, pain? before you answer that oh, he is completely so, coherent and awake he's do not I get, he's not been anesthetized do I get, he's looking wait, right I get at, like, you. At, he's, an he's at you don't i
2: get like at least an
1: anesthetic no white? no nope. This is this is disgusting. Now <laughs> he's staring he's at you. Being...
0: Sam has no idea. He he's crying as he's looking at you, saying, "What the Daddy, hell is going on?" Do. Whatever you're going to do, you've been handed the hatchet. Whatever you're going to okay. do, don't okay.
2: do. It. So I am begging and pleading so, as well.
1: <laughs> so I ask, I I ask for a blindfold for myself, oh my so that I don't God. have to look at him. And then I just take a swing, just lob off like half my
2: face. Just... <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean how confident am I I could just knock a finger off uh, I guess pretty confident I guess the thing yeah I guess I'd be pretty confident I mean the thing is you gotta go with a bit of force right cause you're getting through the
0: bone no, the, so... the way you have to do it is you I have was... to get a really really sharp blade put it on and then push yeah, down with all thing. of your put force you down. can't swing yeah
1: okay well <laughs> That's a little <laughs> disturbing that you're sharing that information. Was, oh, no, 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 you guys, that is not the technique for chopping off someone's
0: <laughs> finger.
2: I cut off Mouse's legs all the time. Like...
0: I like this game show. You know who like this would game cool show? More? Tim would love this game show. <laughs> I mean, look, based on the success of
1: Squid Game, it's probably not a realistic game show. Could it be an interesting tv show about a fake game show that people would then spend time debating i mean that's the that's the thing about squid game right you can't imagine it actually existing but you ask yourself what how much money would it take what would i do for me to risk my death but to win a lot of money and then yeah you'd have the same this is like a a slightly tamer version this is squid game meets Hostel. this is how we pitch it to netflix Mm. and
2: Yeah, yeah we call it we call it pinky promise
1: Oh, that's not bad.
0: Oh, that's good.
1: <laughs> that's not bad.
0: Oh, that is good.
1: <laughs> also great because similar to Squid Game, unless you get the hype early on, people go into watching it having no idea what it's about. Like that gives away yeah. nothing. Could be yep. a could be a rom com about a couple of teenagers falling in love over their summer break. Nope, it's about it friends that. chopping over, off limbs for money.
0: <laughs> it, it doesn't
2: always have to hold be chopping down. off limbs. That's just one. Hold, hold, hold him down whilst I swing with this hatchet, and then you just got Frank in the corner. So no, what you've got to do is put it on the pinky. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can I, yeah, can, is it like, who wants to be, can I phone a friend on this one for best technique, please? Yeah. Um,
2: Butcher down well, the road.
1: So aside from chopping off limbs, what's what are your the other thoughts about the challenges for you?
0: I'd have to think, but some of them could probably be social media based. You know, like you post something really embarrassing on their social media. You know, like like their phone gets taken away, and you have to post their most intimate photo oh, so or something you, like that.
1: So that, you, so that uh-huh. you could do in real life. That's a game show you could do in, in like how how much do you think like if I take Sam's phone. And how much to send like a, di- Sam, a one of Sam's dick pics to his parents? Like how much money do I think he needs in order for him to, you know, that yeah. you could conceivable? I mean, there's
0: levels, right? I mean, th- the chopping of the pinky—that's going to be a high level challenge. That's on entry. Oh yeah, that would be like the
2: flagship. What about something like someone is a hundred yards away from you? You've got a pistol, and you've got five. <laughs> you you essentially oh have five God, blind so shots. That. And you have five blind shots, you're blindfolded, and you just have five random shots.
1: Wait, am I trying to kill them or not? Kill <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> you
2: you are just shooting in a direction. They have just said, shoot in that direction, you're blindfolded, they're stood a hundred yards away, and so you've you just got die. five shots. You so could it's, die. It's, that's so a little, that's me. aggressive. <laughs> so you could also basically. bleed out from your pinky, right?
1: <laughs> but I, I don't understand, in this, in this premise, say they blindfold me, they take me a hundred yards away, and they say... You've got five shots. Sam is a hundred yards. Why wouldn't I just shoot five shots in the air if I don't want to? Because you them? might
0: come right back on yourself.
1: Ooh. Well, no, but not that high. <laughs> well, like ten minutes later. Thirty degrees.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a way of restricting your aim, so you can't move your arm around as much.
1: Oh, so it's just a locked-in headshot. <laughs> no, <it's not.
2: laughs>
0: first one. Oh no! Oh my God! It's just
1: <laughs> I don't think we thought this premise through properly.
0: <laughs> no, I've got I've got That'd a be... decent idea. Sam's just trying to kill people <laughs> and put it on a game show.
1: I mean, Sam's basically gone Squid Game. Yeah, you've gone, you've gone a new for season two of Squid Game, which is obviously going to happen, right? Because they set it up. I haven't finished it.
0: So. Oh, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Sorry. Spoiler.
1: Spoiler alert. I mean, saying it's set up for season yeah, two is not. It's not. It's not really ruining anything.
0: All right. So on that note, I think we should uh, hop off here and start emailing Netflix
1: yeah although we've given the game away right this episode gets published someone else can pitch the show yeah
0: yeah
2: patent pending i'll just bleep out
1: the entire yeah
2: patent pending copyright yeah (laughs) yeah if you
1: steal this episode we'll we'll hunt you down and chop some fingers off
0: (laughs) and not give you the money
2: wow that would be the premise of the game right someone tried to steal your game show you then capture them or kidnap them and make the game show they tried to steal
1: seems very specific but sure <laughs> got a plot,
2: got sam a plot. i
0: think we've got a decent idea stop trying to derail our idea <laughs> right, i'll talk to you boys later